Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee and welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. Today, I am so excited to welcome my first international guest. Today, we are joined by special guest, Jennifer Forster, who is joining us all the way from Australia. Yay, this is exciting. Um, Jennifer is a self-leadership mentor who helps women to transform their lives from the inside out by identifying hidden subconscious patterns that are keeping them trapped and overthinking at the mercy of their emotions, drained of energy, and preventing them from living the life they truly desire. Jen is a successful entrepreneur having founded four businesses across four industries, holds a master's in business, has pioneered change for women abroad, succeeded as a competitive sports person, adventured globally, and all while solo parenting two kids. But as a serial overachiever, her success came at the cost of broken relationships, inner conflict, and burnout. In her book, The Power of a Peaceful Woman, 49 Ways to Drop the Armor and Diffuse the Drama, she shares her 49 practical real-life lessons that were the catalyst for getting her out of her head and into her heart and ultimately transformed her existence to one grounded in peace and happiness and aligned with her purpose-filled, abundant life. Oh, I love it. Thank you <laughs> Thank, so much. Oh, I, it, 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 um, it's no wonder I, when I hear that, it's no wonder I was burned out by the end of it. It's a lot. It's, a, it's an awful lot. So thank you, Kaylee. Thank you so much for inviting me on. And I feel truly honoured to be your first international guest. So, and especially all the way from Australia. Canada yes. and Australia, we're like, we're like brothers and sisters. We're like cousins. We, we have this special bond. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. And, um, and yeah, I love the whole bio. So I wanted to read it all. There was a lot there. And I'm like, no, this is all important. I love it. I want to capture that. So um, really looking forward to our chat today. Um, can we start out with just having you tell us a little bit more about your background and journey and how, you know, how you got to where you are today? Mm, absolutely. I usually like to um, really start where it started for me, which was on the eve of my 40th birthday. I was married. I, we had two little kids, a son and a daughter. We were living in this beautiful home. I had my first business at that point. Um, but from the outside looking in, it looked amazing. And to anyone looking at it, it was hard to, it would have been hard to know what was going on internally for me. But what was going on internally for me was not this. I didn't know what this was meant to be, but I was, 
I had this deep sadness and this deep unhappiness and this, this sense of, I just wasn't doing what I was meant to be doing. You know, there was nothing inherently wrong with the life I had just this deep inner knowing that it, 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 it wasn't the life I was supposed to be here living. So I made the very, very difficult decision to leave my marriage and that in itself, obviously, you know, my, our kids were four and six at the time. They're now 24 and 22. So they've grown a lot since then. But um, at that point in time, it really catapulted me on a, a quest to really learn, unlearn and relearn everything that I thought I knew about myself and the world. And that was where I began to um, have this experience with all of these life lessons. Now, I didn't know I was on a quest while I was on the quest. It really was a tool of reflection uh, 10 years on to look back and go, wow, how did I get from where I was, which was so unsure, uncertain, um, even though I knew I was certain of the decision I was making, I was still so unsure and so uncertain and so um, empty of, of what, well, if it's not this, what is it meant to be? And, and the journey that that took me on, you know, it took me on a, uh, a journey of uh, be really becoming a serial overachiever and trying to be everything for everyone, which I, I know a lot of women can relate to and mm -hmm. getting, getting to the point where I finally understood that I didn't need to add in more. I needed to actually start to take some stuff away and, and unravel all the things and all the parts of me that were not me, that the world told me were me to really get to the truth of who I am. And, and that's where I uncovered the, the work I do now, which is identifying these core subconscious programs or patterns really that are running us unconsciously um, and creating these um, adaptive behaviors, if you like, that have us create this life that isn't really our life. But until we can become aware of that, we will continue to try and add more instead of letting some stuff go to really get to that powerfully peaceful part of, of all of us that we all have, but we never hear or never connect to because we're so busy trying to add more and be more and do more. Yeah. I love that. Like you're right. And I think women, like you said, it's just something to, I don't know what it is, but we do often find ourselves, you know, taking on a lot at once and um, that burnout and, you know, hearing those things is like, yep, I've been there before. So um, I do really appreciate you sharing that in your journey because it's, you know, very brave of you to, to take those steps in what you said looked, you know, like you said, on the surface, it all sort of was that ideal or what we think is, okay, this is how we should be living lives or this is, yeah, the expectation, but then saying, you know, this isn't right for me and going on that quest. So very mm. brave of you to do that. Mm. Thank you, Kaylee. I did have a, uh, somebody ask me recently in, in, in an interview, they, they, and I, I really want to acknowledge you for acknowledging that because it's something I hadn't acknowledged at all that it did take incredible courage and bravery to follow 
the uncertainty and the the path that had no no certainty to it and uh, this person asked me um about the cost and how did i um how did i uh, i can't think of the word but um manage the cost or come to terms with the cost and my answer to that was the cost of not following that would have meant that I would have spent the rest of my life abandoning myself and abandoning the truth of me. And something that I've learned really recently is, and I, and I really impart this to my grown children now, is in order to not disappoint yourself, you will disappoint others and you must disappoint others in order not to disappoint yourself. And in, it's just been such a revelation for me to move from that energy because it makes my yeses and my noes so simple and it diffuses the people pleaser in me. It diffuses the achiever in me because I can really then get clear on why am I saying yes here and why am I saying no here? And if I had had said no back on the eve of turning 40, I would have, it would have meant, it would have cost me myself, you know, it would have, and by self, I mean S-E-L-F, myself. Yeah. And um, yeah, and, and so that's something that I didn't know. I knew it intellectually, but I understand that viscerally now that, you know, that we really, we, ha we will in order to not disappoint ourselves, we will disappoint others. And it's our job to disappoint others in order not to disappoint ourselves. Yeah, I love that. Because it's, it's just that giving permission where we, like hearing that, you're just like, oh, okay, like that makes sense. And mm. it, can we give ourselves permission to do that? Mm. Because ultimately we are, you know, have to take care of ourselves and put ourselves first. No one else is going to. So yeah. No. We need to use the whole filling up your own cup too. And um, mm. not always, yeah, not always sacrificing ourselves for, for others and for our children and for um, those other people's expectations. So I love that line. Um, mm. It's yeah, it's so impactful. And, and ultimately you, you, you are sacrificing your gift. You, 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 you will inevitably sacrifice the part of you that only you can give the world. It's only in you and it's, your, it's for you to give. But every time you put someone else before you, you're really just burying that down and down and down and down and down. And, and so the world is missing out on this vital piece of this, hum, you know, this tapestry of humanity. So, I mean, yeah. that that sounds a little, probably getting a little deep, but, but it is, you know, there is truth in that, but yeah. that every time, every time we don't honor ourselves, we're really dishonoring the gift that only we have and only we can give. Yeah. Yeah. That we, yeah, I love that. So you're right. It is, it's deep, but when we stop and think about that, it's like, yeah, what am I here to do? What am I here that only I can do? And that's mm. really the beauty and the gift that we have to give. Mm. Um, so you also wrote a book, which we, I mentioned I in the intro. Yay. Mm. Can you tell us a bit about that, your book, what's it, a, what it's kind of about your inspiration for writing it, how that all came together? 
Yeah, look, it was really interesting because that first um, pivotal moment was on the eve of turning 40 and then on the eve of turning 50 after being on this, you know, unconscious quest, it was at that point that I had this uh, epiphany, this moment where I was laying, I, I'd, I'd just come back from uh, working uh, abroad uh, in Saudi Arabia and and it was the night before turning 50. Now, if I painted this picture for any woman who was, was on the eve of her 50th birthday, she probably would just look at me and go, you know, what the hell? No, this, this, this isn't how, you know, this is not how it's meant to be. So I was literally uh, like sleeping on a mattress on the floor in the spare room of my home, my own home. And in the master bedroom was my um, ex-husband and his fiance. And as I was laying there on the floor, on that mattress, I had the most enormous grin on my face. And I actually started giggling involuntarily at the, at the concept and the idea of that's how I was spending my 50th birthday. But the, you know, there's a lot more to that whole story, but, but the point of that and sharing that is it was at that moment that I had this realization of how far I had come literally full circle from leaving my husband and two kids 10 years earlier to now being in a situation where he and uh, their stepmom, she's a beautiful woman, were looking after my daughter or our daughter while I was overseas and taking on this, you know, this uh, mission to, to be in service to women abroad. And there I was, that's how I was, you know, sleeping, how I was spending the eve of my 50th birthday. And it, it was funny to me because even laying there, I knew that in my whole entire life, I had never felt so happy, so peaceful, so calm, so joyful. And it had nothing to do with the tangible circumstances. It was deep within me. And I realized at that point that that was perhaps where I had understood I had been on this quest, this 10 year quest to, to do this full circle. You know, my, my ex-husband and I, we didn't have an amicable separation back then. He was very upset and, and didn't want it to, you know, didn't want the marriage to be over. And, and it was bitter and ugly for a long, 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 long time. And to get to that point where that's how my life had, you know, become, it, it was really a moment. And so as I was laying there on that mattress, I started reflecting over how did I get to that? How did I get to not being, um, you know, be, being so full and complete and peaceful when I 10 years ago had not been that? I'd been completely the opposite of that. And I started to think about all these lessons that I'd learned along the way. You know, I'd, I'd learned that no matter the question, love is the answer. Um, another one was kind of, you know, giving up being right, even when you know you are. Um, you know, thoughts and actions create your reality. And I started rattling off all these things in my mind. And, and I realized that, um, that there was a book in there that uh, well, not initially, initially, I just kind of thought it was a cool post to do on the eve of my 50th birthday before I'd, on Facebook, it, it really was just a post initially. 
And then a friend of mine said, you know, there's a book in that, Jen. You know, you should really, you could tell the story of how you got every one of those lessons. Tell the real life story of of what does that look like in real life? How, How does, you know, no matter the question, love is the answer. How does that show up, you know? And um, so the book is, is kind of like a practical memoir and it's, it's practical in that at the end of every lesson, I do share an actual practice to help people integrate the lesson because there's no shortage of, you, you know, Eckhart Tolle wrote The Power of Now, I don't know, 15, 20 mm-hmm. years ago. And that wisdom is exactly the wisdom that I used unconsciously to get all these lessons but it's not enough to know it intellectually we have to embody it we have to you know the rubber hits the road when we take that high level wisdom and and have it become visceral in every cell of our body and the only way to do that is to walk headfirst into your actual life and begin Mm -hmm. applying it and actually apply it and and that's what I did over that, um, you know, that, that 10, 15 year period. And um, yeah, and, the, and it still took me a while to, you know, to calm my overachiever and, and actually, you know, give up, you know, lots of stuff in order to just focus on this book. So yeah, that, that's how it came about. I love that. And it's just like for you to share those lessons with others, because it, that does have so much value. And, and you're right, like actually, just giving us real examples on how we can apply it. Cause oftentimes we, I'm, I'm that sort of like all these, you know, personal growth and self-help books. And it's just like, I read, 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 but then sometimes it's just like, okay, why, how do I though do this in my life? And how do I make sure I'm, I'm living this? And it's mm. not just a good concept I read. So that's, that's very powerful to let us understand and in your own, like, to, and to share those personal stories. Um, so we can really see how that all really comes to fruition. Mm. Um, so your book is talking about, you know, the power of a peaceful woman and, and through some of your own experiences um, and what you've gone through. Can you talk a little bit about that power of inner peace? Um, and what could that, you know, what could that mean for us and how could we maybe start to uncover that in our own lives? Mm. The pathway for me, if, if I could only share one thing to really gain access to inner peace and how I gained access to my own inner peace uh, was, is the concept of resistance. What I came to understand for myself was that I was in this constant battle with myself and with the world that things needed to look a certain way, things needed to be a certain way, um, you know, I didn't want my life to look like this. I wanted it to look like this. Um, I didn't want, you know, I, I wanted to have this kind of relationship with my children. I, I wanted my, my kids to be a certain way. So, you know, we are in this constant argument with our own life. We all are. And it's, it's, it's primal, you know, and that's a whole other podcast episode. But, but we, we're always in this argument with life. We're always trying to put stuff into good, bad right, wrong, yes, no, we're we're just sorting. We just spend all day long sorting our life and trying to have the outside world match what we want on the inside. But when we're in the process of doing that, it's like herding cats. You will never get everything on the outside of you to match up. So you are in this perpetual state of struggle and suffering, trying to get the world to match 
how you want it to be on the inside. When I began to understand um, that when I moved into acceptance, which is um, my book is in four sections. So I call it, I call it experiential transformation. So this is, this is the embodying of the, of the wisdom. And to me, there are four key stages to do this. So there is um, awareness. So self-awareness is absolutely the first. We have to, if we can't self-observe, you can't change what you can't see. So we have to be able to really observe ourselves. And the second is acceptance. And this was key for me. When I, um, and, and the third is area of control and the fourth is actualization. But acceptance for me was how I really tapped into my inner peace. When I was able to let go of resistance and accept the what is of life, um, it helped me let go of judgments. It helped me let go of, um, you know, arguing that things needed to be other than they were. And that was where I was able to, to con- you know, to keep stepping into my own inner peace. And when you start to step into what's true for you on the inside, ironically, the world starts to mirror that. So it's, it's, you know, it's crazy how that happens. But when you come from the identity of being peaceful, the world will mirror that. You know, when you stop being in argument with what the world is, it will show up peacefully for you. And, and, it, and it really does come from, it's an internal thing. It's not an external thing. You know, when, you know, I love the concept of, um, you know, people's, if you, if you say to someone, you know, what do you want to do? And they go, oh, I just, I want to change the world. You know, for me, changing the world isn't an external job. It's an inside job. The only way for the world to change is if we all begin to take radical responsibility for our internal world and our internal state. Yes, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're all walking universes. Every single human on the planet is a walking, talking universe all on its own. And that's where the work needs to be done. You know, we need to stop trying to change things outside of us and really bring, bring our full focus and attention to our internal state and our internal world. Okay. Yeah. And I get like when you're saying that too, it's just like all the things and the expectations or something I have of life too. And when you're saying, okay, just be at peace with them and not be in like, oh, it should be this way and it needs to be done that way. Like, oh, that's a lot. It's kind of a relief. Like at first you're sort of and like, it, but, but then you're like, oh, okay. I can, I can just be with this. Huh. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. That feels lighter already. You know, now I'm yeah. not in any way, Kaylee, you know, I'm, I'm not deluding anyone into thinking that you can just do this with the click of your fingers. Mm-hmm. The truth, the truth is you can, you actually can. However, we also have this human part of ourselves that will, which is that subconscious pattern, um, which I talk about. And that's the work I do now to help people uncover their subconscious pattern so that they can start to notice and become uh, aware of their default behaviors. And when you can notice and be aware of your default behaviors, you can start to make different choices instead of just being the default behavior. You then realize, oh, hang on a second. So I don't have to be a people pleaser. I don't have to, um, you know, be right. I don't have to um, you know, be a martyr. I don't have to be a peacekeeper. I don't have, when you start to realize you've got choices, then, um, 
yeah, it, it makes it a little easier then to, to be with the what is of life. But yeah, initially um, people really get into, people will argue strongly for their limitations. You know, when I, I work with people and it's one of the phrases I hear a lot is, you know, but Jen, you don't know, you don't know my life, you know, or, you know, you let me tell you my story. And, and I'm not in any way saying that to minimize what people are experiencing. In It's real what you're experiencing, but, but also how you're experiencing it is on you as well. And you can choose to be pulled in. You can choose to be pulled into the storm or you can choose to pull the storm into your peace. You know, one, one is going to work for you. One's going to work against you. And, you know, whilst I say it's not easy, it becomes easier as you, bec- as you start doing it. But letting go, letting go, letting go of the, the resistance that life should look a certain way or it needs to be other than it is, that's, that's the first step. That's really the, and do it with small things. Start with small things. First of all, don't go, you know, don't go for those big ticket items because that will be like, Jen said this and it just it doesn't work like that, you know? So yeah. start, start with the smaller things, you know, start with, you know, like a restaurant, a decision about a restaurant. If you're really attached to, we always go to this restaurant for Susie's birthday. Can you be okay with, if someone offers a different restaurant, can you go, okay, I can, yeah, can I be with that? Can I just be with, it doesn't have to be this particular restaurant. Can I let go of that and be with, well, we're all together. We're still celebrating the birthday and it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean anything about anything, you know? So it it is, it's a practice. It's a practice, but letting go of resistance is the pathway to deep inner peace. Yeah. I can see a lot of examples of those little ways I can do that with my daughter because my daughter's six and it's like, sir, we have these ideas of like, no, you need to go to bed at this time and you need. And so when it's not happening, it's like the, it's that frustration and the like anxiety and that's all coming up. And, and I mean, it doesn't come out well when you're feeling those ways. So it's like, okay, Mm. you know, how can I be with some of these little things and start to try to just make what works works? Cause it's, it would be lovely for everything to go smoothly, but you find with kids, Nothing mm. goes smoothly. Like mm. you had the best but, laid plans. So my question there is who, what is smoothly and who's deciding what is smoothly? Because smoothly for you is not going to be the same as smoothly for someone else. So smoothly isn't a universal thing. It's just a belief. So what if, what if the way she goes to bed is a different way to your belief of what smoothly is. What if you could give, um, you know, a different way of her going to bed, the same language of, well, actually this is smoothly. This is smoothly. This is smoothly for her, which makes it smoothly for me at the moment. I've just got this, you know, this one, two, three checklist that falls into smoothly. And if she, and if she misses one of those three things, well, it hasn't gone smoothly, but you could change your, Um, belief around that and go okay well smoothly is her getting you know being in bed and Mm -hmm. there's no and and we do that in a peaceful way where we don't argue about it you know yes so it's it's subtle and it's you know there, there are little nuances and things that you can do but the interesting thing is when when you can let go of what smoothly looks like it will actually become 
smooth. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so get rid of that sort of expectation and the idea that I have and then yeah. see yeah. what kind of comes out and what we can come up with. Okay. Yeah. That seems we, realistic. And we all do that. We all have these pre like normal normal is such an interesting overused word to me you know everyone has their own concept and idea of what is normal now what's normal to you won't be normal to me what's normal to you know mr jones up the road won't be normal to me what's you know so normal is this you know is this almost prison that we we build we stand inside of we're holding the key and screaming, let me out, but we're the ones holding the key, you know, yes. so we can, we can diffuse and be more in the acceptance of, of what is normal. You know, normal can be a million things and it's only our conditioning, our beliefs, our um, culture, our environment, our community, our school, our adults, our parents, our whatever that have given us what the parameters of normal is. So, you, you, yeah, it, it's small steps. Start with, uh, my, my tip would be really just start with the small things and then notice how, how it shows up differently for you when you can let go of some of the, um, which is the third step, let go of some of the control. That was a big thing for me as well. That's, that's why, yeah. why it's how my book ended up the way it was because this was my progression, you know, under, you know, getting self-aware becoming the third party of myself, watching myself, watching my behaviors, watching my, my default habits and, and beliefs and challenging my own habits, default behaviors and beliefs, asking myself, if I stepped around this, could I see it another way? You know, could, um, if I stepped into the other person's shoes, could I see it would the, would the view be different? Of course it would be different. You know, if you, if you go up on a mountain and you go to the north face, you'll see a particular view. If you go to the south face, you'll see a different view. You're still on top of the mountain. You're still seeing a view, but you're just mm-hmm. seeing a different view. So um, mm, I love yeah. this stuff. I could talk about this stuff all day yeah. long. No, I love it. And the person that the fabulous woman that connected us or told me to reach out to you, um, the reason I think what came up for me, we were chatting and, and she was talking about like, like how I get stuck in that kind of the pattern of overthinking or the hamster wheel. And um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think mm. that's kind of an easy place for us to be trapped too. sometimes is yeah. the like, we're thinking, thinking, think, thinking and can't really see outside of it. Or maybe, yeah, we're, we're overthinking the whole scenario. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. So overthinking is a habit of an unconscious pattern or a subconscious core pattern that we all have. So this is the way I see it works. So there is a problem, a problem occurs and the problem could be a teeny tiny, you know, do I have um, coffee or do I have tea? So problem doesn't have to be world changing. It could just be a tiny problem, but there's a problem the core subconscious pattern comes to life and then starts arguing for it. It's like, do we do this or do we do that? Is it a yes, no, good, bad, right, wrong? And then that is what creates the overthinking. So we get into this argument with ourselves and we think that it's us, but it's not us. It's, it's a pattern. So the first step with overthinking is to know that when you're in figuring out mode or 
um, trying to come up with a particular result or outcome, the first thing to notice is that's not you that's doing that. It's not you. It's a pattern. So if you can immediately go, hang on a second. All right. This isn't me. Because if you, if you, and I, and I do this with my clients, if you put your hand on your heart when you're in that overthinking mind, and I'll give a little, um, I'll share a tool in, in a moment that everyone can take away and use. And I use this tool multiple times a day. But if you put your hand on your heart and just stop for a second, close your eyes and just say, okay, what do I want to do? in this situation? What, what, do, what do I want to do? Meaning, what does my heart want to do? What does the, the truth of me want to do? As opposed to what's expected of me to do? What do I need to do? What is the right thing to do? What am I supposed to do? They're very different questions. But when you ask, what do I want to do? What does the, the, the deep you know, heart space of me want to do? And when you hear that answer, it'll come in just a whisper. It won't come in a, pa- if you get a paragraph, it's your pattern still talking to you. If you get, um, if you, you'll get a whisper or a feeling. So if it's the tea coffee, you'll know in a second coffee or tea or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and the way to get into, uh, the way to drop into that, to get out of your head and drop into your heart. The way I do it is um, I call it the still method. Um, S-T-I-L-L. And it's an acronym and it's a beautiful, simple word to remind me when I'm up in my head trying to figure stuff out. First of all, it's not me, it's my pattern. Only my pattern needs to figure stuff out. If you ask yourself, does your heart need a right or wrong? Like if you, have you ever been in a situation where you just knew you wanted this. You didn't know why. You didn't d- didn't matter. But you just went, yeah. I know this is what I want to do. It doesn't make mm-hmm. sense, but I just know that it's this. That's that's the truth of you moving you. That's your higher self guiding you. But most of us don't allow our higher selves to guide us. We are guided by this subconscious pattern that was created when we were kids. So, how do you get out of your head and into your heart? Really, really simply say to yourself, okay, I need to get still for a second. So still is the acronym and it stands for stop. The S is stop. So just stop for a second. Stop what you're doing. Don't get distracted. Don't, you know, eat a cookie, jump on social media, you know, go shopping or whatever. Don't distract yourself from the overthinking. Let's just be with it for a second. So stop. The T is take a breath. Take a breath. At the moment, you're up in your head. And if you're up in your head, you are either in the past or in the future. We need to come back to this moment, first of all. So the taking of a breath grounds you back into your body. So just two or three deep breaths. And and an extra tip here is um, breathe out for longer than you breathe in. What does that mean? Well, if you breathe in for a count of four, breathe out for a count of five. If you breathe in for a count of three, Breathe out for a count of four. Breathe out for, for just slightly longer than you breathe in. That takes you out of that um, parasympathetic, uh, out of the sympathetic nervous system and puts you into the para, sorry, the other way around, parasympathetic into the sympathetic. And um, um, which is taking you out of fight or flight. So that's what the take a breath does. Um, then the I is go inward. 
roll your eyeballs backwards for a second and go inward, go into your body. You've just taken a breath. You've gotten into the present moment. Now go inward and just scan your body and go, okay, what is this and where is this in my body right now? Is there a, a sensation in my body that I can just be with for a moment? Because there's a, the sensation is the pattern. But we don't, again, we could, this is a whole other podcast, but, we, yeah. but the, the sensation is, is the pattern itself, but we ignore it, right? That's why we overthink. So go inward. The first L is listen. Listen to that feeling, that sensation. That sounds odd, Jen. What do you mean, listen to a feeling? Listening to a feeling is just being with the feeling. Just notice it, sit with it. Don't argue with it. Don't judge it. Don't try and fix it. Just listen. There's something in that feeling in your body that just wants your attention. Okay. So, and then the final L is lead. When you listen long enough to that sensation in your body, you'll find that it quietens down. It'll ease off. It dissipates. It kind of dissolves a little. And from there is that last L, lead. Lead from that quiet space you'll be leading from the part of you that is the truth of you and not the subconscious pattern that is the overthinking. I love that. So the still method, I mm. love it. Mm. So it, easy. It, yeah, and I can see how that works. It's just like you said, getting out of that fight or flight because that's oftentimes where we're at and we're not making the best decisions from that space. So this mm. is a great strategy. Mm. And it's oh, simple. It. You, can, you can do, and you know, I, as I say, I use it multiple times a day, like multiple times a day. Uh, uh, and you can use it in 60 seconds. I don't know, um, sometimes for me, and this is, you know, this is how I've become really attuned to those sensations in my body now. And I'm really aware of my subconscious pattern. So I could be walking through the supermarket and um, see a can of something on the shelf. And then I think of, oh, that reminds me of my grandma. And then I think of a story about my grandma. Then I think about when I was a little kid. And then all of a sudden, I've got this sensation in my body from something that happened when I was a little kid. And if you're not aware of it, you could then, you know, end up, I don't know, buying a bunch of stuff you didn't want to buy, impulse this, impulse that, anything to not feel the feeling. But yeah. for me now, when I am, when I feel, feel that gnarly sensation. That's an Australian word. I don't know if it's a Canadian word when something yeah, feels no. gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it feels really, and it's just there for a second. But this, every time you feel it just quickly, just take 60 seconds and go, okay, let me just stop for a second. And by stop, I just mean stop in your mind, you know, yes, great. If you can sit down and stop, but just stop what you stop your thoughts for a second and just go, okay, I just felt something you know, take a breath. Okay. Let me just take a breath here. Let me just mentally go inwards. Let me just sit with this sensation. That's really odd. Haven't noticed that before, but something outside triggered the sensation. Okay. I bet I can, I'm, I'm with it now. Okay. Now, now let me go on with my next thing. You know, it just brings you back every single time and stops you um, being these default behaviors that our subconscious patterns create. We all, as I said, I've so far uncovered eight subconscious patterns that all have a set of default behaviors. And when I speak to someone who is a martyr, for example, or I speak to someone who is a peacekeeper, 
I can list off all their default patterns and uh, default behaviors and they'll go, oh my God, I do do that. Yes, I do that. Yes, I do that. Yes, I do that. The, the trick, the, you know, the trick or the key, if you like, is if you can know they're not you, they're just your default behaviors, you then become ridiculously powerful in being able to make a different choice every time. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're saying that example, to me, what really rings true is like um, social media or news stories, especially with COVID news. And you, you go down the rabbit hole of clicking one article to the next and you find yeah, your whole mood is different and you're just not feeling as good as you were feeling before. And, and if you don't even think back to what caused it, you can go forward in your day and you're like, why am I so upset? Why am I so anxious? thinking there was something that happened, but you're like, oh, I was taking all that information and it was, Mm. it was causing me anxiety. It was stressful. It was not positive news. And Mm -mm. so you're acting on that and it's like affected Mm. the whole rest of your day. You didn't even realize. And so I was finding that a lot. Yeah. Mm. And And that's a brilliant example, Kaylee. That is exact. That's how it works. And we, we've just, we're not attuned to our bodies our bodies are communicating with us all the time, but we're just mostly not attuned to those sensations. And uh, a lot of people think that we, we have the thought and then we have the feeling. But in the work I've done, it's, that's not the case. The feeling always comes first, albeit subtle, albeit not noticed or not recognised. But the more you do this work, the more you realize that the sensation, the feeling comes first, that comes first. Then the thoughts are created about that feeling. And you just explain that beautifully. You know, you could see something on the news or social media and you're so busy up in your thinking mind in the reptilian brain, you know, part of us that, um, that you, you don't even notice the sensation. You know, you don't even notice that there was a sensation when you saw something or heard something, but, but it's too late because your thinking mind's already kicked in and you're now halfway through your day. And if, with your thinking mind, it's like an out of control fire hose. If you turn on a fire hose and just don't hang on to it, it just sprays everywhere. That's what your thinking mind is like. So we have to direct our thoughts. We have to find a way to not just get pulled into the thinking of, um, uh, you know, for example, the news story or the social media, before you know it, you're halfway through your day and you're thinking all these thoughts that, you know, my life is crap and this is no good and this is a problem and this is a problem. But it was triggered by a sensation that happened maybe four or five hours ago that mm-hmm. you didn't, that you didn't even notice. But now your thinking mind is like this out of control fire hose and it's just thinking random thoughts left, right and centre and you think you are those thoughts. You're not. It's just a pattern. Mm. Wow. I love that. That's so much, like such good tips for all of us to just start utilising our own lives and seeing how powerful that can be. Well, I could talk to you all day. Like, like you said, many more ideas for podcasts. This has been wonderful, but um, for sake of time, let's kind of wrap it up. And how can listeners though, find you, get in touch with you, locate you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, go to my website. It's probably the quickest and easiest way. I'm super transparent on social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, but uh, my website will pro- is probably the easiest place. So all the W's, jenniferforster.com. 
justmyname.com. Perfect. And I'll have those in the links to the show notes too. Well, thank mm. you so much, Jennifer. That was amazing. I love my that. Pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure. I, this is, as I said, this is, you know, 15 plus, oh my gosh, I realize it's more than that now. It's, it's well over a decade and a half of um, my life's work, you know, putting myself and my life under the microscope day after day after day after day. And um yeah, so I love it. I'm, I'm really passionate about helping people to know their own subconscious patterns so that they can become hugely self-aware of what their default behaviours are. And when you, you know, as I said at the top of the, the, the chat, you can't change what you can't see and mm-hmm. you can't see what you can't feel. So we have to begin really being attuned to those sensations in our body um, feeling to heal. It's something okay. that I'm also really passionate about. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And the still method. I love that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been amazing. Thank and you, Hugo, Jennifer. And Hugo was a, an absolute gem. Yes. We even had a puppy guest who was on his best behavior. Um, so thank you, Hugo, as well. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you next time.